everyone to the Islanders Never Say Die podcast. I'm your host, TJ, and with me here, as always, is our NHL analyst and expert, the grumpy old man. They say there's no shame to his game because he's always the same. That's me. That's right. Round of applause early for Grumpy. Grumpy, glad you're back on the show here with us today. I had to do a show just with Phil's facts. It was tough. No, all kidding aside, we, we, you know, happy you're back, Grumpy. Enjoyed Phil, um, Phil playing the grumpy old man character there, I guess, for an episode or two. I cannot imagine that. (laughs) He he was a little bit more optimistic than the grumpy old man would be. That is for certain. Um, (laughs) I would use the term delusional. (laughs) But if if you're new to the show, you're new to the channel. Welcome. This is a twice a week all islanders podcast that takes place every single wednesday at 8 p.m eastern standard time and every single saturday at 8 p.m eastern standard time so if you're new to the channel we encourage you to do a few things we encourage you to subscribe on youtube so you don't miss out on any of the future content that we put out also if you subscribe on youtube you get little notifications little bing notifications when we go live so you know when we're going live and also you know, hit the thumbs up button, right? Because if you hit the thumbs up button, number one, it lets Grumpy and I know that you like the content that we put out. And also it helps the algorithm apparently. And, you know, if you subscribe on YouTube, I guess you'll get early access to these little surprise pop-up shows, I guess, like we're doing today on really a Grumpy almost, you know, a little before six o'clock. You know, we're going live two hours early, Grump. You said it was going to start at 530. Is there a problem, Grumpy? We started 30 minutes behind. You said it was going to start at 5.30. I was running a little late, Grumpy. What a shock. Oh, Grumpy. Um, but for those of you who are new to the channel, again, twice a week, all all Islanders podcast. Um, so make sure to give a subscription if you like the content we put out. Also, we do have a secondary podcast called tj and the grumpy old man it's an all sports podcast that takes place on thursdays right Ooh, think about it thursday thursday thanksgiving thanksgiving's tomorrow but it takes place on thursdays um, excuse me on thursdays at 9 p.m eastern standard time and on sundays at 8 p.m eastern standard time so again you definitely want to make sure you give that a, a check out you want to make sure you have a chance to watch one of those it's just an all sports podcast for myself the grumpy old man and the magnificent sun x talk anything and everything on the show it's called tj and the grumpy old man you could find it in the link in the description below or as a featured page here on our youtube channel at tj ampersand the grumpy old man so make sure you go ahead and give that a little listen too. uh grump a lot's happened since we last did a show together man oh man the last time we did a show was november the 11th 11 days hard to believe so much can happen i'm not surprised i believe before that last show ended i made a prediction on the four games on the road i said we were going to lose to edmonton lose to vancouver lose to seattle and then we'd beat calgary so what happened we lost to Edmonton, we lost to Vancouver, we lost to Seattle, and we beat Calgary. I mean, that's why people should just tune into the show. I can tell you what's going to happen in the future. I mean, you don't need to listen to any of those other podcasts and what the hell they're talking about. Everyone, you see people kind of starting to come over to our way of thinking now, so far ahead of the curve, two years before everyone's starting to wake up. Sad. It's sad. I guess maybe it's vindication, but who knows? Just listen here. You want to know what's going to happen? Just listen here. I tell you, it's 
since we went live, we covered the Islanders against the Washington game where the Capitals beat us four to one. And since that podcast, three losses, one victory. People will say, well, hey, we split on a road trip, grumpy old man. We had two overtime slash shootout losses, and we won one game in shootout on that road trip. So technically, hey, we had four games. We came in with four points on the road trip. That's a win. That's a victory. That's what Thomas Hickey was telling us, Grumpy, on the telecast, remember? What were the records of the teams that we played? Not good. I mean, I, you know, okay, you came away four points. Great. Um, you know, and you're also hearing the narrative. Lane Lambert's now pushing that. Well, you know, we did some good things. We just didn't get the results. Okay. You played Edmonton, who's like really freaking bad this year, a team that made the playoffs. So, you know, that was a guaranteed loss. Then Vancouver, who's really playing well this year, uh, got them to overtime, lost that game. There's a shock. Seattle, another absolutely miserable team this year, lost to them in overtime. And then Calgary, who's another abysmal team this year. It's not like you're beating, you know, Boston. You got four points against Boston, Toronto, Florida, and Tampa Bay. No, these are the dregs of the of the West. Absolutely. So what do I mean? Uh, we're still what are we seventh in the conference? I'm sorry, seventh in division, and like fourteenth or fifteenth in the conference. That's not good. Yeah, um, things. I, <laughs> Hard to believe that they could have gone from bad to worse after a loss to the Washington Capitals, but they did exactly that, you know, and, you know, the the the, you, the item that we've been talking about all year, and I'll preface it by saying, right, I feel like I have to put big disclaimers at the beginning to make sure that you cannot misstrue the information I'm about to lay out there. Misconstrue. Was that? Misconstrue, not misconstrue. Thank you. Misconstrue the information I'm going to put out there. Just because you made the postseason last year does not mean you're guaranteed a spot and the chance to uh, guaranteed a spot to make the postseason this year. That being said, through the first set through the first 20 games of our regular season this year, because the Islanders have upcoming the Flyers, the Ottawa Senators, and the Flyers. So three teams before we hit 20 games that also did not make the postseason last year. But against the seven teams that we've played that made the postseason last year, the Islanders have a combined record of 0-4-3. No wins. Played, no wins. The Islanders have played seven teams that made the postseason last year, and they have not won a single one of those seven games. We've only beaten one team all year that's had a winning record, and that was Washington. We haven't beaten a team that's had a winning record all year, except for Washington. And Washington was everyone saying Washington's worse than we are. The, Washington's in full rebuild. They suck. They're finished. We split with them. That's the only team that we've played who has a winning record this year that we beat. Now we have a chance to rectify that. Play the Flyers two times in three games. Everyone knows how much I hate the Flyers. It'll ruin my Thanksgiving, honestly, if the Flyers beat us today. I hate the Flyers. Is that how much you hate them? It's going to ruin Thanksgiving for you. It'll ruin Thanksgiving. Oh, gosh. Bob. And they're two home games, right? You got a home game, Absolutely. day off, road game in Ottawa, home game back-to-back. Where are the, where are the if, Let's say they lose three in a row. Where are the excuses then? Oh, my gosh, we played a back-to-back. Had to travel. I don't know. I hate the Flyers. 
I'm telling you, the thing that I've been noticing a lot of online, and we've been laying low. Grumpy, Grumpy's been feeling a little better lately. Of course, now it just happens that I'm under the weather a little bit. I'm a little sick, but we wanted to get a show in before Thanksgiving. And I think this upcoming Saturday, I want Greg Prado on the show. We'll have to reach out to Greg to see if he'll be available. But we'll have Greg, I think, on the show this Saturday. Um, but we've been laying relatively low, and the cries for the fan base to fire Lane Lambert grow louder and louder every single day every day what difference does that make we're just not good enough all right maybe i i I just don't think it's going to make that much of a difference the team isn't good enough at the end of the day team's not good enough we haven't even played any good teams yet think about that the teams even the teams that were in the playoffs last year scuffling a little bit well we lost all of them and be one of them after this three-game stretch here, we got a tough three three-game stretch right after that. Really difficult. Well, the the one thing I will say, you've been seeing every excuse in the book to say, oh, why this is coaching. The reason this is coaching, remember, right? The Islanders have the third most time in the NHL, I think, leading games. Is that correct, Grumpy? I was reading an article about yes. that, but I- yeah, they like they're always in the lead. And then the game gets tied and they lose right at the end. Third period. And the, the, only, third period. the only teams with worst third period records are San Jose and some other shitty team, maybe Chicago. I don't know. Some other crap squad. We're right down there with the shit teams right now. Here's the thing. If you had a new coach, do we maybe close out a few more third period games? Sure. Sure, absolutely we could. That being said, the issue is deeper seated than just the coach. And the other thing I'll tell you this, right? Lou Lamarillo handpicked this coach. If you have such an issue with the coach, look no further than our general manager who hand-selected this candidate. If you have an issue with our lackluster power play and our abysmal penalty kill this year, and our penalty kill has been abysmal, look no further than the general manager and the head of hockey operations, Lou Lamarillo. It's almost like he's the guy who determines whether people have spots on this team and what roles they play. He picked the assistants. He handpicked the coach. I don't think he wanted to go outside the organization. He just wanted somebody he could manipulate. That's what he wanted. Well, Islander fans, you get what you get. The old man has served his purpose. He needs to go. Period. I've been saying it for what? Year and a half now. After Trotz got fired, I said everything else from happens out here is on Lou Lamarillo. And he's done nothing to improve the team. Nothing. He's just, if anything, he's ruined any chance of doing uh, a retool on the fly with his, uh, you know, I, I'm sure we're going to touch on it later. There was an article in the athletic uh, yes. today, yesterday, I don't know, a couple days ago. And it just, it, you would think that it was written by us without the cursing and, you know, with better, uh, you know, better prose, but that's about it. Otherwise it's everything we've been saying for two years now, for two years. And, and I was about to say, Grumpy, coming you, home to roost, Bobby Boucher. You didn't even have a chance, grumpy old man, to comment on cases Ezekiel's post-game comments about how the fans who want to boo should stay out. You weren't even there for that. So, Grumpy, I mean, there's been a lot since the last time you've been on, Grumpy. 11, think about it, 11 days, and look at how much has transpired. A lackluster road trip, 
continuing not to beat any teams that made the postseason last year. Players getting upset. Lane Lambert walking out of interviews since the last time you talked, Grumpy. There's a lot that's happened since the last time you were on, Grumpy. You know, let me ask you this. What are your thoughts about the affairs of the Islanders currently as it stands? Well, which do you want to discuss each point individually or what? Broad, broad of what your thoughts are, and then we can discuss. Your team is in trouble. That just that plain simple. We're not going to make playoffs. Phil's going to be off Twitter. So life is good in that respect. But uh, other than that, we're just we're just a team that just we're not that good. And nothing has really changed from the last time I was on. Honestly, everything's the same. Fans don't want Lane Lambert there. Okay. Who are you going to bring in? Another Lamarilla retread? This team needs fresh blood. It needs fresh blood top to bottom. You think you bring in a John Hines or if you elevate a John McClain, do you think that's going to make this team all of a sudden instantaneously better? John McClain, he's the guy in charge of the power play. Now, power play has actually been pretty good. I mean, I think they're middle. I think they're seventeenth in the league in power play goals, something like that. Think about that. We, we we consider pretty good because of how bad it's been as of last the last few years. Middle of the road is not bad. Hey, it's better than thirty first. Yeah, well, I guess that is the best we can hope for, right? What so else you're talking about coaching candidates, John Hines, John McClain. I've seen Wedgwood being a name that's thrown out there. You're starting to see every, people are grasping at straws, thinking that a new coach fixes all the problems. Now, here's the thing. I think a new coach would give our team a temporary bump. Absolutely, it would. Do I think that Lane Lambert is the right guy? Um, no, I don't think he is. But, but here's the thing. It, the problem lies deeper than just Lane Lambert. And the failure to realize and to make adjustments for the deep-seated problem is just going to get you putting a new Band-Aid on an infection. It's not going to fix the actual infection. Okay. Um, yeah, that's it's, it's what I just said. So, yeah, not a problem there at all. I, I just want to address Casey Zizekas real quick. I, I can't believe he's that tone deaf, honestly, to even say something like that. Even if you're thinking it inside, that's not something that you actually come out and say, is it? You want to alienate your fan base? Well, you don't like you don't like it. Just stay home. Really, really. If I'm a fan, I'm not going to games. Would if you were somebody who was looking to buy season tickets, would you do that? Nope. And the Islanders, what should they have done? Eh, you talk shit against the fans. First of all, you're going to come out. You're going to get read the riot act. Ownership should read you the riot act. You should come out and have a full-blown apology, and then you sit. Sit for a couple of games. Sit for a couple of games. What did they do? Nothing. He did a half-ass apology, walked it back a little bit, and no foul there. You want to know why the team's in trouble? There he goes. No, no one's ever – there's no accountability for anybody in the organization. Ever. Ever. No Think accountability ever. Think about other New York sports teams, right? I'm, I'm going to keep things to where they're very similar to the current situation, right? You can look at other teams, professional sports teams in New York. It's not like I'm talking about the Kansas City Royals or I'm going to be talking about, you know, the Tampa Bay Rays or anything like that. I'm going to talk about other New York teams. Grumpy, do you remember, and I used Evan Lane as the example last week um, with Phil. Evan Lane goes out there and he says, well... 
The lion doesn't concern themselves with thoughts of the sheep that are probably sitting at home flipping hot dogs. And you can't flip hot dogs, but still. Evan Neal. Evan Neal. Yes. Who did I say? Evan Lane. I don't know. I'm sorry. Lane Lambert's on the mind. I've got some foggy brain there. But yes, Evan Neal. Do you remember the pitcher that was moved to the Yankees who came out and had a shitty performance on an away game against the Oakland Athletics, Grumpy? Who the hell was that? And he started the he started to make gestures at the fans that were out there in Oakland and not in a savory and not in a satisfactory way. And he got absolutely red the right back too. Yeah, I don't remember who it was, but we we discussed it on the TJ and the Grumpy Old Man show. I forget who it was. Maybe it was a Mets pitcher. I don't know. I don't know if it was the Yankees, Yankees. or a Mets pitcher. Okay, but yeah, flipping off the fan like, dude, bad luck, bad luck. Yeah, it's just and 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 look at look at what happens through all of those items, right? Um, guess what? You pay the price. You cannot go ahead and demean or encourage that your paying customer does not attend events. That is a big no-no. You think? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Was it was it Tommy K-Line or Grumpy? No. No. I don't remember who it was. It, wasn't. it was somebody from the Yankees. It was, a starter. it was a starting pitcher. I don't okay. remember who it was. Ah, well, it would have helped if I was better prepared and knew the actual pitcher's name. But we've had a few incidents in New York sports over the last 365 days where where players have made gestures towards fans that are not that are not in good standing. And guess what? Every single time they've got to apologize and it's like they don't learn. I'm like as a professional athlete, that's the one thing you cannot do. You why are you even listening? Why are you even listening to the fans? Why are you even listening to the fans? You can hear them, but just come on, guys. Get your heads out of your butts. It's it's a soft athlete today. They're offended. Oh, no. Said something mean about me. Oh, let's strike back. Grow up. Make a, You're paid a lot of money to play a kid's game. Suck it up. Suck it up, Buttercup. Thank you, Matthew S. It was Carlos Rondon okay. who was booed. And started to get upset. TJ, you should be more like a lawyer. You should be more like a lawyer on the show. Before you ask a question, you should already know the answer. I know, Grumpy. I was really relying upon you being the Yankee fan to remember that, but that's all right. That was a long time ago. So, and I didn't know you're going to spring this on me now. I got to keep you on your feet, Grumpy. Got to keep you on your feet, man. But yes, you can't do that. Sezikis did make a half-hearted apology. That's you know that happened since the last time you were on, on live with us, Grumpy, and um, you know. The fans that are crying to say, fire Lane Lambert. Lane Lambert's the problem. Get rid of him. Okay. Is that really going to change the destiny of the team? Really? Do you think so? I I don't think so. We're going to be what we're going to be. A team that's, you know, 8, 9, 10, 11 in the standings. That's it. That's it. The Atlantic, that's already sorted out. Top four teams are going to be top four teams. Same top four they've been forever. Tampa Bay's riding the ship. Florida, who like, oh, man, maybe Florida's going to take a step back. Florida's riding the ship. They're right up there. Toronto and Boston. Those are four guaranteed spots. Then in the in the Metro Division, Carolina, Jersey, and the Rangers, guaranteed spots. Now you got to hope that Washington or Philadelphia take a big step back, which is possible, of course. 
Uh, and then you got to hope that maybe Buffalo, Ottawa, Detroit also fall on their faces. <laughs> That's an awful lot of wishing to get you in a playoff spot. Traditionally, if you're not in position for a playoff spot or close to it around Thanksgiving, you don't make playoffs. This team, you'll find out about this team before end of the year. The stretch of games that we have against Metro Division teams just before uh, New Year's is going to tell you all you need to know about this season. It, it'll be it'll be either, okay, we have a shot to make, make the playoffs or we're done. That's what it's going to be. Yep. And, you know, when you, uh, we're going to talk about the athletic article that was written and recently released by, I think it was uh, Shana Goldman. Yep. Now, you're exactly right. It's almost like, She's been listening to the podcast for years, has been a loyal listener, and just went ahead and regurgitated all the same talking points that are clear as day to see for awake and, and, and cognizant Islander fans. So, you know, we're going we're gonna to touch on that in a second, but you wanted to talk, Grumpy, about how we'll know the destiny of this team before the year ends, right? You know, we are at the tail end of November here. You know, in the next in a week or so, we're going to absolutely know what this team is made of. Absolutely. You've got here the Flyers tonight. That's why we're going on a little early before the Flyers game. The Ottawa Senators, who are on, I think, a three or four game winning streak. Then the Flyers again. Can you believe the Flyers are 10, 7, and 1? No. Hard to believe, honestly, is what it is. Hard to believe. Then you've got the Devils. Grumpy, the Loss. Hurricanes and the Loss. Florida Panthers. Loss. Those are three automatic losses. Automatic. Three automatic losses. No shot. Let me ask you this, Grumpy. Would it change your opinion to know that all three of those games are on the road? No, because <laughs> guess what? All three of those teams made the playoffs last year. We're not beating playoff team this year. I don't think we'll beat a playoff team all year. No, we're going to beat a playoff team. Yeah, eventually. we will. We will, but it won't be one of those three teams, I'll tell you that much. On the road, too. What do I they mean, all do? What do they all do? What do they all do well? They skate really up. skate and are aggressive on the floor check. Okay. How's that work with our defense so far? Here's the thing. Let's say Lambert, let's say they go 0 and 3 the next three games. Lambert, Lambert will be gone. I think that's I a agree. given, right? And then who knows? You get maybe you get a little bump, a coach bump for who the heck knows coming in. Could you imagine bringing in a more defensive oriented coach? That's what John Hines is. We're yeah. defensive oriented. Okay. Then, I mean, because we are like one of the bottom, what, six or seven teams in the league scoring goals. Bottom four, I think. Bottom four teams in the league scoring goals. Let's bring in a defensive coach. That's going to solve your problem. We're just, we're just, we're just a bad team. Okay. Are we poorly coached? Yeah, probably. Are, uh, you know, can we score goals? Nope. Uh, now we don't play defense well. I mean, uh, and Sorokin's not – he's been just okay this year. And what did I say at the beginning? What did I say at the beginning of the year? For us to make the playoffs, Sorokin has to be like a Conn Smythe trophy candidate. Or Vesna. Vesna trophy Vesna, candidate. I'm sorry. Vesna, well, Conn Smythe would help too. But Vesna, yes. He'd have to be a Vesna trophy candidate without a doubt. He hasn't been this year. But think about the games – all those games we lose in shootout or we lose right at the end or whatever. What happens, Right. Those are those are games that maybe when Sorokin's you know going at 150 percent better than any other goalie in the league, maybe we win those games. That was the caveat. Our team is not good enough to win that if we don't have like superior Vesna type goaltending in net, where we're going to be competitive with good teams. Just not the case. Yep, we talked about it. If our goaltending took even the slightest step backward, guess what? We're not a team that makes the postseason. 
And we've had people on this offseason that said, no, we're going to score so many more goals that even if Sorokin takes a little bit of a step back, we're still going to be fine. It's just not the case. Now, the one thing we've always said about goalies, and we will continue to say about goalies, goalies have up and down seasons. They just do. You, you can't expect your goalie to say every single year, if I'm a guy who's got a career 930 save percentage or an upper 920 save percentage, that every single year I'm consistent in that same range. You're going to have some years that are better than others. You're going to have some years where you play really well. You're going to have some years where you struggle a bit. That just kind of comes with the territory of being a goalie. And guess what? Has Sorokin been spectacular this season? No, he hasn't. I think some, games he has. some games he's been spectacular. We still lost. But he's not been he's the same guy. Well I think we, he's played well enough for us to win games. He's not the reason we're losing games. Is right. more the point I want to make. Agreed. He's not. We're not winning games because of him because he's not played that outstanding. But we're sure as hell not losing games because of him. True. True. If you if you're one of the fans who thinks that we're losing games because of Sorokin, take a glance and watch some of the other teams play in the NHL and look at how many weak goals that these goalies consistently let in. It's not like, oh man, he let a leak one, a weak one in today or two weak ones in today. That's usually what happens for bad goalies. When is the last time we haven't given up 30, 35 shots in a game? That's what we've been talking about too. We're we're hemorrhaging shot attempts. We are conceding easy easy areas for the offense to cross over the blue line and we're allowing them to keep possession in their zone as we play that collapsing style defense and we hope and pray that we're able to block shots and that they don't get any high danger chances and reality just hasn't worked this year it's the reason why the teams are averaging i think teams are averaging 34 shots on average against on us every night yeah it's like that's not a recipe for winning games right let's be honest just isn't you know, I, I mean, I don't know what else to say. I, I, I don't want to sound like a Debbie Downer, but it kind of is what it is. Now, did you put up the schedule so we could look at it till the end of the year? Really, really quickly, I want to pull up here the shots against that we've got currently, where we rank in the NHL. Give me one second here, Grumpy. Sure. I mean, so oh, it looks like TJ's got his cat with him again. It's clawing me up there. Um, Can't help you there. Yeah, but, no, not much I can know, do. Yeah, like I said, I was mentioning we'll find out before the end of the year. We have a stretch right towards, you know, New Year's where we play Washington a couple of times, Pittsburgh a couple of times. Pittsburgh's another team that has righted the ship, right? And you look at it's like, oh man, Pittsburgh's going to suck. They won't be able to stop shot. Well, Pittsburgh, Christian Jari, like I said, seems to play well against every team except the Islanders. Uh, and he's okay, I guess, in the regular season. But he was terrible early on. But he's kind of been much better down the stretch. And you're seeing Pittsburgh now in that mix for a playoff spot too. So it's even worse than we thought. And it's not 34, I guess. I haven't looked at the number in a while. It's now 35 on average shots against. We give up. The only team that surrenders more shots against every night is the San Jose Sharks. Worst team Yikes. in the league. Yikes. When you start to look at the teams that are in this area, the Sharks – the Islanders, the Canadians, the Blackhawks, the Ducks, the Blue Jackets. My God, the bottom five are awful. I guess you can even extend it to the bottom six, including the Blue Jackets. Some of the worst teams in the league. Yep. And that's what we've been playing like. We're surrendering shot after shot after shot after shot. But getting back to the schedule that you talk about, this game against the Flyers tonight is huge. Absolutely huge. Now, Grumpy and I, I think we've talked about this off air, but if we haven't, we'll talk about it here now. 
I can't imagine Lane Lambert having a long leash. I can't. I, I, I like you know if he continues to struggle, I feel like he's gone. My it'll be through the weekend. It'll be through the weekend. He loses these next three games, he's gone. I firmly believe that. He's got three more games. I think they have to win two of the three. Yeah. I don't think they come away with three loser points. I think they have to have minimum two wins, one loss for him to keep his job. Yep. So we played the Flyers twice. Who who have played well under Tortorella? Yeah, he's, he's a taskmaster. What did Tortorella do last year? Flyers were terrible. I love that. But he, all the veterans, see you later. Baboom, blow them out of there. All young guys on the team this year. They're going to buy in. He's got a short shelf life. But so far he's done. I mean, Flyer fans are kind of happy with where, you know, the team is right now compared to where yep. they've been in the past. Is this sustainable? I have no idea. Probably not. I don't think much of the Flyers. You know, but it is what it is right now. Right now, they're in contention for a playoff spot. And then you got the Senators. Senators starting to play better. Had so many injuries. We beat them earlier in the year. They were missing their top three defensemen. And we managed to beat them three to two. They are much better now than they were then. You're seeing them start to round into form. So, you know, let's see. Maybe is there some type of hangover for them uh, coming back from being in Sweden playing last week? I don't know. They did win all three Sweden games, I believe. Uh, maybe this is a team that's kind of righted itself. Who knows going forward? But after that is where it kind of gets a little bit more difficult in the schedule. We got the Devils. Like I well, said, DJ, real, if you could. Real, real quick, Grumpy, real quick. I do want to talk about here the Flyers, why they played so well. Carter Hart has been Carter Hart that people thought he could be before many bad years in a row. Carter Hart's played extremely well. For the Flyers so far this season. So, like again, right? I don't think the Flyers are playing fantastic hockey. I think they're playing okay hockey, but they've had really good goaltending. Really good goaltending has the way to cover up a lot of your team's flaws. The Islanders, for many years in a row, have had really great goaltending, and it's covered a lot of our flaws. This year, our goaltending has not been as good. So, a lot of those flaws are more and more prevalent and visible. It's that simple. You still, um, you still can't convince me the Flyers are a good team. I mean, we'll find out. We'll find out today. We'll find out today and Saturday, right? We'll find out. But it, here's the thing: if the Flyers are actually a good team, we're in real trouble. If the Flyers beat us twice, Grumpy, let me ask you that: are you are you willing to say the Flyers are a good team? Well, we're not a good team, so I don't think that means the Flyers would be good. Okay, fair enough, Grumpy. Fair enough. Yes, but you look at the schedule, right? I You've think the Flyers, can, the Flyers I, cannot. I think, the Flyers go a, I think the Flyers go in a Stanley Cup. I still wouldn't think they're a good team. <laughs> the Flyers at home tonight. The Ottawa Senators on the road there on Friday. And then the Flyers at home. Then we got three road games. Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. So one day apart each one of those games. We've got the Devils, the Hurricanes, and the Florida Panthers. Three losses. A record again, 0-4-3 against teams who made the postseason last year. Those are three teams that all made the postseason last year. So we'll be 0-10. After then, against playoff teams, we're not we're not beating them. You've got the Sharks and the Columbus Blue Jackets. Those have to be must-win games. Absolutely, automatic wins. Must-win games at this point of the season, and then you start getting to a tougher portion of the schedule here, Grumpy. You've got the Kings. That's a loss. That's a loss. Kings are good. Kings are good. They run. They managed to. What did they do? They won a Stanley Cup. They got. They gutted everything. They started over, and they're back. Think about that. 
won two Stanley Cups. And they said, you know what? We can't keep these guys. They moved everybody off. They kept a couple of core pieces, Kopitar, Dowdy. Uh, they quick for a while, Dustin Brown. That's it. Everybody else gone. Everybody else gone. And it wasn't an immediate departure of those players. They, no. they did a chunk, waited a year. Did a chunk, waited a year. And that's what the rebuild looks like. They a chunk, wait some time. A chunk, wait some time. They didn't resign veterans to long-term extensions. They yes. said, you know what? This team's, this iteration of this team is done. We're moving on. And, yep, they sucked for a couple of years. But you know what? Now they're back. And that's that's the cycle of, of sports. That's just what it is. That's the cycle. Absolutely there, Grumpy. Um, then when we go back there, you got the Kings, then the Toronto Maple Leafs. That's a loss. <laughs> uh, and then you've got the Ducks and the Bruins. Ducks much improved, much improved this year. Still, come on, got to beat the Ducks, right? Got to beat the Ducks. We have quite a few home games within a short time period, if you think yeah, about it, really. I, yeah, I like I said, you're gonna you'll know everything by New Year's Day. Think about this really quickly. Tough teams, Kings at home, Maple Leafs at home, Ducks at home, Bruins at home, away against the Canadians, the Edmonton Oilers at home, the Capitals at home, the Hurricanes at home. No, no, I'm no. sorry, those two away. I apologize. And then you've got here, we play, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I jumped ahead of myself a little bit. But, yes, then you've got the Canadians and the Oilers. Should beat the, should beat the Canadians, right? Even though it's on the road, should beat the Canadians. Canadians Oilers? worst team in the Atlantic, I'm thinking, right now. Yeah. Should yeah. beat the Canadians, yes. The that's Oilers. A, that's a tough division. Oilers, Oilers look like they're kind of rounding the bend a little bit. That's a game still. That's a game we should win. Oilers are bad. Yeah, they beat us, but, but they're a bad team. Okay, let's give us a win there. Capitals? Hmm. Okay, I say they beat us in Washington. Hurricanes? That's a loss. Penguins at home? I say we win that game. Okay. Capitals. The Capitals. I think we beat the Capitals. Then I think we lose – on the 30 of you script and then I think we lose to the penguins. So I mean so I mean add up those numbers you're a team that's going to be maybe 500 maybe. You go year. through a stretch really quickly in late December where you play the the Capitals, the Hurricanes, the Penguins, the Capitals, the Penguins. All of those teams, right? As four much as you games. want to say hey, was that those were all four point games, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Big, huge games. As much as people want to say, oh, the Penguins have no chance of making the postseason. Penguins have a better record than the Islanders right now. Oh, Capitals have no chance. Capitals have a better record than the Islanders right now. So it's like those teams are going to be fighting for a playoff spot. Same thing with the Hurricanes. They're all going to be fighting for a playoff spot. So those are going to be four games against really formidable opponents. If you come away with a losing record in those four games, dead, dead to rights. Finished. Finished. We have to win more of those games and lose. Has this team showed you that they're capable of winning all those games? Haven't showed me anything. Heaven forbid, heaven, heaven forbid, you know, their teams with winning records. We only beat one of those all year. Think about that. One out of 17. One game out of 17 have we beaten a team with a winning record. Think about that. Think about that. Yikes. Can't beat teams with winning records. 
Can't be teams that made the playoffs. I don't know how, you know, that's conducive to winning hockey. It's not. It's not. It's not for, for success in the postseason. That's all really it matters. The goal is not to say we barely squeaked into a last spot in the postseason and got beat by the Hurricanes again. The thought process is we're trying to make noise in the postseason. We want to win a Stanley Cup. Just making the postseason does not make me happy. That's not, you know, our, our was that Grump? Not good enough. Yeah, you're right. Not good enough. Um, and now, Grumpy, there was an article that was released here by The Athletic that covered a lot of the same talking points that we did and talking about Lou Lamarillo, how he's dug the Islanders a hole and how he continues to dig this hole by continuing to say, hey, we're taking an approach, trading away first-round pick after first-round pick to try to win a cup. It works out for a select few, but for the Islanders, I mean, like, Shana was just like, this window's passed. And for, a lot of these long-term contracts we've handed out makes it really tough to rebuild. For the Islanders media, this looks like a hit piece. I mean, here's the thing. In in any other place, you know, in where hockey really matters, um, you know, this is the type of when the team's not going well this is the type of stuff that's written the islanders they suck and you got reporters afraid to ask any questions petrified and even if you do ask a tough question coach runs off won't answer the question you got players who are just so comfortable in that in the country club cul-de-sac crew atmosphere that they have that they're offended if someone wants to up uh you know wants to tip the boat a little bit when it comes to the coach or the gm i mean this would come off as a real hit piece. I mean, are we going to read some of that? I mean, because it's some it's it's stuff that honestly we have said, or you know, have no problem saying. I'm just surprised that uh, that got past the editors. Honestly, well, it's you know, not. It's not. It's okay. Wasn't written by Staple. That's for sure. Shana Goldman does not work for the Islanders. Right. She's I not a beat writer for the Islanders, so she's just a third party. She right. She works for the Atlantic. The Atlantic. Um, the athletic, the athletic. I'm sorry, uh, and you know, hey, I'm just saying you don't usually see articles like that about the Islanders. It's always you know some type of excuse thing. Why? Oh well, this you know, there's always some excuse why the Islanders suck. You know, she calls out the general manager, which we've been doing for a number of years now. She Finally. she starts off and like again, like I'm not right. You, you I'm not gonna for for the lieu of her creative work, right? It's behind a paywall. I'm not just gonna read it word for word. You know, we'll pick and choose some of the things we want to highlight. She okay. starts off the article there, grumpy, by talking about the goods that Lou's done, how he served oh. a purpose originally. He came here the same way we've discussed and brought immediate credibility to the Islanders. He, I I can just summarize what she said you know, without reading her words, but we give her full credit. Talk, what have we talked about all off season about a team that doesn't make the playoffs, like a team like Buffalo. Okay. They didn't make the playoffs. So it would have been a, a success. Even if they made the playoffs and losing the first round, even if they don't make any changes. And she brings up the same thing and said, you know, you lose in the first, you know, if you're hoping to contend, staying complacent uh, is probably not the best path forward unless it's a young team, right? We've, we've said that all off season, right? The Islanders aren't that, though. And then she goes on to say, you know, how Lamarillo, and when they say management, you just let's be honest, just talking about Lamarillo, just dug his heels in. 
this team, we believe in this team, right? That ridiculous thing. And then she mentions how the team all summer, they locked themselves into flawed roster deals with lengthy contracts. I said, as soon as those contracts were signed, seven years for Pierre Engvall, seven years for Scott Mayfield, four years for Varlamov. Guys, it all should have been, all right, you weren't going to move Engvall at deadline, but certainly you shouldn't have traded for him and you should have moved Varlamov and Mayfield, but he doubles down. And the, the biggest thing that she comes to the realization, you know, I remember the Islander fans, right, saying, oh, well, look at how low the AAV is, you know, for Pierre Engvall and for Scott Mayfield. You know, their AAV wouldn't have been anything like that, even, you know, close. We saved so much money. You're signing guys like that for seven-year deals. They're going to be on your team when they're 30, you know, 35 and 37 years old. That's that's not conducive. And these guys are just they're, – they're bottom six guys and bottom-pairing defensemen. These yep. are not the type of things you do if you want to contend. And she mentions that. I mean, and she the, the blame all goes at the feet of Lou Lamarillo. All of it. Every single bit. The coaching. Same thing. You're talking about, you know, Lane, she he handpicked Lane Lambert. He didn't even look outside the organization. He gets rid of Trot seven days later. It's like Lane Lambert's head coach. How, how extensive of a coaching search do you think he did? Not very he didn't much. Do anything. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Yep. And then you look at it, right? Firing Lambert would probably put the Islanders in a similar vault to the Edmonton Oilers. Jay Woodcroft made mistakes behind the bench that led to his dismissal that led to his dismissal. But the real problem was above him and Ken Holiday. Holland, I'm sorry. The same exact way it is for Lou Lamarillo. The problem's above Lane Lambert. He also taught or she also mentions that the same thing we've been talking about. Lou Lamarillo has used the same wash, rinse, and repeat method every single year at the trade deadline. Trade for a guy who's performing historically better than anything he's done before in the past. Guys that have career high shooting percentages, guys that have been playing some of the best hockey they have in their entire career. Like he used, she talks about John Gabriel Pajot. We traded for him in a year that he had a career high 17.8 shooting percentage. When they when they're talking about that, they're more just highlighting the fact that 17.8% is not sustainable for your third line center. We give up an arm and a leg to get him, and we give him a long-term deal. What, what she was trying to say, and she mentioned the same thing about Bo Horvat, same exact thing, both players. You're paying for a guy coming off a career year. When teams do that, we always look at them like, man, that's a dumb, dumb, dumb move. You're paying for a one-year aberration, a discrete event, if you will, from what their whole career has been. And you're going to pay them like that's what they do all the time. So you think that 20, you know, 28 year olds, 27 year olds are going to get better as they get older. That's not the case. Absolutely not the case. And that's what they've done. I just, but, and uh, you know, she also mentioned, uh, you know, real quick talking about, okay, let's say you want to get a new GM. It sounds like a recipe for chaos and uh, considering how tricky a transition can be. And there isn't a whole ton a new GM could do considering the cap restraints the roster is now facing. But letting Lamarillo have free reign to deepen the hole he put the Islanders in isn't the answer either. That's us. That's a really scathing indictment of Lou Lamarillo and his abilities right now. I mean, she right- talks about how Lou got away and gets away currently based off of his prior reputation than what his actual current moves are. She also highlights talking about, well, they brought it, they 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 re-signed Matt Barzal, they signed him to a huge contract, and they proceed to move him to winger. 
they pay him like a first line center, but proceed to move him to the wing, and they're paying him the same amount or comparable money to Miko Rantanen, um, Nikita Kucherov, uh, Matt Kachuk, and Mark Stone. And and I love Matt Barzal. He's not in the same area as those players. He's just not that good. And what we've said in the past is Lamarillo brought in. He brought stability and legitimacy to the Islanders franchise. That's great. It doesn't mean he should have a, a contract till he dies. He's not a pope. Just move him out. Sorry. She also makes another, another I consider, a real rip job on him, saying in the NHL, reputation often overshadows actual ability. That's been the case for Lamarillo, especially heading, especially heading into his Islanders tenure. His time in Toronto in those later years in Jersey, Jersey fans know, were far from sterling, but he was essentially given the keys to running the team by being both named both the president and GM, and the Islanders have paid the price since. Yikes. Yikes. One more thing that I think is worth mentioning. She also hits on the same thing we've had a problem with. Every single player who signs, whether they're originally from outside the organization or inside the organization, they all get a modified no trade clause or a full no trade clause, depending on their contract and who the player is. Every single one of these players has trade control. And it's like, that's just not, you don't see that handed out to every single Tom, Dick, and Harry that signs a contract with the team. And we're just handing it to every single player. Like, hey, it's just the right you get to be an Islander. You get you get a 16-team no-trade clause. Or, hey, if, if within the first four years of your seven-year deal, you get a full no-trade clause for the first four years, and in the last three, we'll give you a modified no-trade clause to help you out. I mean, look at, TJ, maybe you can pull up Cap Friendly and just show us how many players have no-trade clauses, even modified. I mean, and you're right. She did mention that, absolutely. You know, and she also mentioned the coaching, you know, that we touched on a little bit earlier. Lambert might be out of his depths, but it was Lamarillo who promoted him there and he kept him there this year. And, and he's still keeping him there, by the way. Right. And, you know, he hired the assistant coaches. It's a Lou Lamarillo operation from top to bottom. I think he's afraid. And, you know, even the replacements he's looking at, they're all guys that he's had contact with in the past. Is that what a good GM does? I don't think so. I think what a good GM should do is, you know what? Let's look for some fresh ideas. These old antiquated ideas that haven't worked since 2003 when the Devils last won their cup, they don't work anymore. They didn't work in Toronto. They kicked his ass upstairs for the last few years of his deal because they're like, uh uh, sorry, old man, not happening. Just look at these no trade calls. Now, you now wanted to bring this up. Matt, Matt Barzal, grumpy, the, not yet. His, his no-trade clause hasn't kicked in yet, but when he'll be under, or UFA or would have been UFA eligible next year, his no-trade clause will kick in. So he'll have a no-trade clause. Bo Horvat has a no-trade clause. Uh, Anders Lee has a no-trade clause. Brock Nelson, Jean-Gabriel Pajot, Kyle Palmieri, and Pierre Engvall all have modified no-trade clauses. How did Pierre Engvall get a modified no-trade clause? Your guess is as good as mine. But when you look at the players who do not have modified or no trade clauses as a, on our forward group are Casey Sezikis, Kyle Clutterbuck, Matt Martin, and then you look at Oliver Wallstrom and Simon Holmstrom are not eligible because they're restricted free agents, and Julian Gauthier and Hudson Fashing. None of those guys scream, hey, we're stars of the team. I mean, it's just it's terrible. And you look at defense, it's the same thing. Those so, guys are immovable. Out of the 14 
available forwards that we have currently that are carried on our roster. Two of them are not eligible. Or actually, okay, three of them are not eligible if we include Mapars all. But it's like, okay, out of the 11 forwards, six of them have a full no trade clause or a modified no trade clause. And Matt Barzal's kicks in next year. Let's be honest. Matt Barzell is not getting traded. How many teams can be traded, to be honest? How many teams can take off, take out $9 million in cap space for a winger who doesn't perform like he should? But you look at the defense, right? No adoption. The only reason he doesn't have a modified or no trade clause is because he's a restricted free agent. Same thing with Romanoff. They're both RFA status. But you look at the guys who recently signed, Ryan Pulak, Adam Pellick, and Scott Mayfield, all have full no trade clauses at the moment. You gave a bottom-pairing defenseman a no trade clause. I'm, I, I mean, no trade clauses should be, man, you're special. That's why you get a no trade clause. If you're not special... You should be able to move anybody. I, I, I mean, and then the gold, both goaltenders have no trade clauses. Well, so oh. Sorokin's contract doesn't kick in until next year. Yeah, well, yeah, okay. He's again, he's going to be getting paid eight million dollars plus. They're they're not moving Sorokin. Yep, they're not moving. Sorokin. He'll be able to. He's got eight eight point two five million dollar contract. He's got he has more than a no trade clause. He has a full no move clause for the first four years, and we yes, like Sorokin. Going. Yeah, but he's, that, that means he's not going anywhere. But the, the reason we're highlighting this and the reason that Shayna did as well is because it speaks to if a new GM comes in, what type of flexibility and what type of ability they actually have to improve the team? The answer is not much because our old or general manager currently at the moment and president of hockey operations has hamstrung the roster with a whole bunch of players who are, are who have long-term deals with modified no trade clause or full no trade clauses. I mean, she sums it up re- really well. Long-term deals can limit flexibility, but loading up with trade clauses can outright lock up the roster. Isn't that what I said? I said there was still a chance. I said it in real time last offseason. This last by deadline, I said this is the last chance to get out of this muck, and he just he just ended it. He ended it. That can fly for a handful of high end core players, but not this many supporting players, especially when the team's committing to a roster that isn't a bona fide contender. Yep. I mean, and then you consider the ages of the players. There, he says this team seems unlikely to become that in the later years of those deals, and there isn't a ton of entry level talent to supplement them. And there you go. That's it in a nutshell. No young talent to backfill. You're stuck with this same cast and crew for what? At least the next four years, right? Yep. How how low, how bad are we going to be? That's why he can't be. And she mentioned it earlier in the article. Like I said, you cannot let him be in charge of possibly trading draft picks or something. And that's like that. the worst case scenario. If he says, well, here's the thing. We've talked about this for a while. He's already been. It's like when you're playing blackjack or you're at you're gambling at the table and you're losing loss after loss after loss. You have a general manager who still has the mindset of, hey, we can win back that lost money. We can win back all of these and make it right by winning a Stanley Cup. In reality, uh, you don't. You can't. It cannot be done with this current iteration of the roster. We're not winning a Stanley Cup with this team. And it's like no, no, no matter what we add at the deadline, we can't win the Stanley Cup right now. It's like trying to win a, a, 
a big hand in poker with a pair of twos. And she says, if there aren't entry-level contracts to balance the cost, then it's on management to find gems and free agency at a low cost. But that's creativity that this front office just hasn't shown, right? How many, what are we, Chris Lamarillo, finest Hudson fashion. Woo! Who else? He's been there now. This is his sixth year. Who else? No one. No one. And then the final thing, the final thing is this. Lamarillo hasn't shown he's the right person to lead the team through such a pivotal time. His antiquated tactics have put the team in this position, and it's unlikely he's going to suddenly throw out the phone book or the Rolodex, as we like to say, and adopt a more innovative approach to navigate his way out of it. That's it in a nutshell. That's it in a nutshell. Do you think Lou Lamarillo is all of a sudden, can a leopard change his 82-year-old liver spots and turn and decide that, yeah, we're going to go in a different direction? It's it just, it just not capable of it. Just not happening. Sorry. Yep. The, the franchise is just in terrible shape. The sooner you get Lamarillo, as soon as you get rid of him, the better you could be. You're going to have to uh, – You, the next GM who needs to be here immediately, what have I been saying for years? They should have had a guy transitioning in the wings already, right? Didn't I say that? They should have had somebody. This old man just runs everything from soup to nuts, right? And it's like you need somebody – you need fresh ideas. You need fresh thoughts. You need fresh everything. He the the damage that he did to the franchise between last year's trade deadline and this offseason is monumental. Yep. Monumental. You could have, even though it still would have been tough, you could have done that last transition by getting draft picks for Varlamov and Mayfield and Parise, whatever it was, a couple of ones and a two and a three, whatever. Yes. Start the transition. Don't sign. You don't have to resign all the old guys back. It would have given you a little bit of flexibility with the salary cap. Maybe it gives you the ability to buy out Anders Lee after this offseason. Two or three points a year ain't enough for $7 million. Maybe you could move a guy like J.G. Pajot. You know, hey, send him to a team he wants to, Montreal, Ottawa, wherever. I don't care. He's a guy who should be moved. Brock Nelson is a guy who should be moved. Would Brock Nelson be amenable to a move even with the modified no-trade clause? I think he would if you trade him to a contender. Maybe yeah. you recoup some things, but it's like you're stuck. You're stuck. And every the whole aisle, the whole organization is in a malaise. It's the country club, once again, the cul-de-sac crew and their country, country club atmosphere. That's just what it is. It's not changing until you get rid of the GM. And there's real accountability. Real accountability. Even a new coach. Is he going to look out and get a hot prospect? No. He's going to go to some retread that he's known for 30, 40 years, and that'll be the guy who'll coach the team. Yep. And and the one thing I'll say here, too, is this, right? You talked about Anders Lee there for a second. He struggled. He needs to be sat. He's been hideous. But guess what? A new coach is not going to come in there and rip the C off his shirt that needs to be done, or they're not going to sit the captain, Right. I would really, what would get me some immediate bonus points in the Lane Lambert pool is if he sat Anders Lee. Immediate bonus points. He's not doing that. Just saying he should, though. Uh, Anders Lee looks serviceable on the third line. Ugh. He looks, but here's the thing not worth $7 million. It's not even worth seven bucks at this point. 
He's been bad this year. He's been really bad. Yeah. Um, but let's go ahead and get to our ad reads real quick. We've got two ads today to read. Our first one is from DraftKings, and they say, Season's greetings. Happy holidays to the Islanders Never Say Die podcast listeners. Um, but it may be too, you know, maybe too early to start decorating for the holidays, right? We, Thanksgiving is tomorrow, so it's a little too early maybe to put up the Christmas tree, but it's never too early to start your holiday shopping. And why not take care of it now? Before the crowds and pack calendars make shopping a total nightmare, especially if you can get some of the best deals of the season well before Black Friday, well before this Friday. Um, you can shop Raycon products right now and save up to 50% off because, hey, their early Black Friday sale is going on now. And you've heard me talk about Raycon products before. You've heard me talk about, you know, the great headphones they've got. Grumpy loves their headphones with the customizable ear tips, the sound profiles. Grumpy loves their headphones, and I do too. But, hey, Raycon first made its name. Uh, you know, for themselves in the audio space with products like their everyday earbuds known for delivering high quality and thoughtful features like 32 hour battery life and a perfect in-ear fit for all day wear and lasting comfort. In this past year, they expanded their entire business with the introduction of Raycon Home and Raycon PowerTech. I'll tell you here, they've got uh, they have five star reviewed uh, Ray or Raycon Magic 180 cable that allows you to charge iOS, micro USB, and Type C devices eight times faster with a hundred watt power delivery. So for those big devices, your iPads, your, your large iPhones, stuff like that, your droids, you can get your item charged and get out there quicker. Who doesn't love that? Um, and also, Raycon is known for delivering their high quality and thoughtful features at half the price of other premium audio and tech brands. Um, and it's no wonder that their products have racked up tens of thousands of five-star reviews. To get everybody in the holiday shopping spirit a bit early, Raycon is currently offering 20% off everything on their site um, with their select products up to 50% off. So, Beat the crowds and save now. Trust me, you do not want to miss out on Raycon's early Black Friday sale. Hurry now uh, to buyraycon.com slash THPN to get 20 to 50% off site-wide. Again, that's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score up to 50% off Raycon products. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. And today, Grumpy, we also have an ad to read from DraftKings, ladies and gentlemen here. Um, who doesn't love some DraftKings? Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. So, hey, you could go ahead and say you could build same game parlays with DraftKings. You could say, I'm picking the Islanders to win the next three games because these games are extremely important and Lane Lambert's going to keep his job. You could be very optimistic and vote the Islanders to win against the Flyers, the Ottawa Senators, and the Flyers again and to build same game parlays. There's a lot of fun things you could do on DraftKings. You could go ahead and bet over-unders. How many goals is Sanders Lee going to score or not score? It's always a fun little way to keep and put a little bit more skin in the game. But download the app now and use the promo code THPN. New customers can get $150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. Again, that's THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 180 or 168 hours after issuance. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, if you have a gambling problem, call 877 8 
Hope NY or visit Hope NY. Um, in Connecticut, uh, help is available um, if you have a gambling problem. If you call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of the Boot Hill Casino and Resort. You must be 21 years or older, but age varies by jurisdiction. It's void in Ontario. A bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. But CDK ng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gambling resources. The NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the, and the National Hockey League. Wow. You no, know, I saw one over and under bet Anders Lee scoring a goal. I mean, you're just saying, I mean, what's, what's the, what's the under? Andy or Andy Francis adds that to his same game parlay every single game that that Anders Lee is going to register a point and he's been coming out like a freaking maniac recently on these bets he's just every single time Andy you remember Andy right grumpy wait he bet that he's going to get a point no, no he, bets, he, he, he bets that he will he bets the under oh every yeah single time. he adds that to the same game parlay he does like a whole bunch of these big game parlays where he puts a low dollar amount in and gets these huge wins Andy's really good at it grumpy really damn good Anders Lee, 17 games, three points, minus seven. That's pretty good. Yikes. That's your captain. That's your captain. Oliver Wallstrom, two points in 11 games. He's leading by example, Grumpy. Our boy, Anders Lee. Even Simon Holmes in that useless piece of trash, four points in 16 games. Doug Savario, Grumpy. That's That's 20 points a game. What's his name, TJ? Doug Savaro. Saravo. Saravo. Doug S. Grumpy. Does that make you happy, you son of a gun? Doug yeah. S. I mean, now you messed that one up. Here's the thing, though. New York fans, particularly Yankees fans, can't accept teams losing. They think they are privileged to win every year. I understand why players feel the way they do. Part one. Well, here's the thing, Doug. The reason they get paid accordingly. It's not like the Tampa Bay Rays, where you know, okay, you become good and we just let you go because we're too cheap to pay is keep anybody. Here is a, yeah, because I did read this earlier. As a Rays family from New Jersey, we build the team the right way with young prospects and trade our top guys while Lou rebuilds with old guys. Hence why he tried rebuilding Jersey with Cam, Clo, and uh, who was that, Havlat? I don't remember. Yeah, but here's the thing. Just to touch back on Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is not perfect because what's Tampa Bay one? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. He's also got one more comment there. Because, because the fans in New York, especially Yankees fans, are too spoiled that, God forbid, if they lose, it's the end of the world. Let the players play and stop pressuring the win all the time. Here's the thing. That's, what that, that's a big sports market, though. All right. Tampa Bay, small sports market. Fans, fans don't even go to the games. Even they had the lowest attendance. They made the playoffs list this year. They had the lowest recorded attendance for a playoff game ever. Fans down there don't care. So you can do that. In New York, Boston, uh, Chicago, uh, certain areas of the country, you know, where sports is a big deal. The fan base is a rabid. They've been there forever. It's different. It just is. Sorry. Here's the thing. I've got no problem with fans booing players. You're spending your hard-earned money to watch a product. These adults, these men are playing a child's game, getting paid multiple millions of dollars to do so. If you're unhappy, uh, okay, I guess I can boo. I, I hate the comparison the analogy they use. How would you like it if somebody went to your job and started booing you? 
Well, if I was doing a really poor job, you know who's going to boo me? My boss. Okay, so we have people who boo us there, too. And your boss, right, because you're an athlete, they're not going to say, motherfucking Tom Brady, get your ass down there and throw the fucking football better. Baker Mayfield, you freaking missed the read here. Boo. They're not doing that. All these guys who are star athletes, it's more of a friend, buddy, buddy relationship they're in now. But we do have people that keep us accountable. It's called our bosses. And you know what? The bosses the players are the paying public. So that's all I've got to say about that. Here you go. Tim J, grumpy old man. Won't change the thing, but maybe might get players thinking, get a coach who will bench some players. I don't see it. Who are you going to replace them with? Okay. Um, Nick C., grumpy old man, says, if you guys get a general manager, um, get to be the general manager for the rest of the season, what's the first move that is an absolute must for you? Go ahead, TJ. First move is, Anderson, you're no longer the captain. I'm stripping you of the C. I, I, I assume that's more of a GM decision. I'm stripping mm, you of the C. I don't, hey, think coach? I don't think that's a GM decision. Who who makes the players? Players vote, but cap. I mean, the coach would say something. I mean, you might have a conversation with the coach and the player. Hey, Lane, we're taking the C from our buddy Anders Lee, and he's going to sit up in the press box because of his poor play as of recent. If we don't abide by that, Lane, I want you to start. Here's your pink slip, my friend. Go ahead and start looking for a new job. We cannot continue to have a lazy fat cat who has a laissez-faire mentality that doesn't mind our team being off to a shitty start to the season. That's unacceptable. The problem that I would have is I would try to see I want I'd want to I'd call every team in the league, everyone on our team is available. Everyone. What do you want to, you know, what do you want to offer us? Everyone is available. I'm not eating money to move contracts. I'm not doing that. Everyone's available. And I'll I start buying contracts back. back in return. That short, maybe for short term. Sure. But that's it. I mean, I'm just looking. I, I need to get out from this horrendous financial burden that the old man put us in. And the sooner you do that, the sooner you can move forward. You need to get out of the burden that he's that Lamarillo has put the team in. And it's tough. It's not going to be. That's why the next, because he's given so many really long-term deals, it's going to take really a decade plus, I feel like. Because if you got a new GM tomorrow, it's going to take a long time to get rid of some of the bad contracts that are here now. And it's going to take a while to rebuild your farm system. You are going to feel the lasting effects that Lou Lamarillo had made a decade from now. I agree. You're not going to get... What what GM worth his name is going to say this Islanders project? This is a one that's got my name written all over it. This is going to help my career out. I think uh, somebody would take the GM job as long as he's got the okay from ownership to see it through. I think they're fine with it. First thing you got you got to get rid of some of these contracts. And he, the whole thing is the last number. He just does the same shit over and over again. He just continues to double down on suck. That's what he does. Year after year after year. Okay. Tim J. Grumpy. Walsham should get a chance on the first line. What are they afraid of him passing Matt Martin and Andrews Lee in the scoring race? I mean, they got Simon Holmstrom on the first line still, and he's a non-entity on the first line. He's just in invisible out there. He's always behind the play. He get the And he always misses the shot wide right. Every single shot. He can't put a shot on that. Kid's not cut out for the first line. Leave him on the third line. Do not elevate him. He's best 
as a third-line player. I'd try to trade him. Move him, too. What's the difference? He's not the future of this team. You don't need third-liners. You need first and second-liners on this team. You have one or two guys. That's it. Yes, Ben and Blanket, we did. We just talked about it, and it's great. If you haven't, I, the reason I'm bringing this comment back up, if you haven't read that athletic article yet. Just listen to our old shows. Just listen to our old shows. Everything that she said, we've talked about. Exactly. They talk. She shares a lot of the same exact opinions that we've shared for years now. Maybe she uh, listened to our show. Craig K. Grumpy. Lou is still in office. Lane is still behind the bench. Lee is still in the lineup. That's three L's to start the game. <laughs> I like that. Mm-hmm. Ye right to pops, Grumpy. Lou has ruined this franchise. Get ready for seven years of suck. It's more. It's going to be more than seven years. But here's the thing. Has he ruined the franchise? No, because before he got here, we were in pretty bad shape then. But he did, like I said, he brought respectability. And initially it worked because he brought in trots and they put the structure defense. Never good enough to win a cup. But still, you were, uh, you know, a team that wasn't a laughing stock anymore. He gave us a glimmer of what a real ownership group with a real general manager can do. Now, here's the problem. Just like we've said, he served his purpose. We've left him here for too long, and we're continuing to leave him here for too long. So now he's starting to do more harm than good. That's right. It would be like leaving Tortorella in Philadelphia, even though the team starts losing. Well, we're just going to leave him as the coach. No, at some point you just got to say enough's enough. Move on. Ownership's got to take – they have to take the decision-making out of his hands. You cannot let him trade another first-round draft pick. Cannot do it. Just can't do it. I hate to be the bearer of bad news. If we're in the middle of no man's land, get ready. We're trading away another first-round pick this year. Just have that feeling. Joseph C., Grumpy. Glad to see you're feeling better, Grumpy old man. You guys have a wonderful Thanksgiving before I get to mention. Yes, and we want, we're going to touch on it at the end of the show, but yes, happy Thanksgiving to everyone who listens. JP Grump. Happy Thanksgiving to all. Here's to health, happiness, and acceptance of poor franchise stewardship. <laughs> I like that, JP. Eve L. Grumpy. Early bird special show. Happy Thanksgiving. Yes. That's right. That's right there. Matthew S. says here, hope you're feeling better, Grump. So does Mark. Nick C. Shares the same exact thoughts there. On the um, JP on says, the hey, I hope this means Grumpy is on the mend or already mended. How are you feeling, Grumpy? Um, Hanging in there. Hanging in there. Okay. Meatball Parm, Grumpy. The warden probably has them on lockdown getting ready for tomorrow. I won't be with them. So, but the warden may. Uh, is, does the warden have you on lockdown, Grumpy? No. Okay. Nixie, Grump. Why is Lane still here? I understand we have a lack of talent, but he is embodying the country club atmosphere issue this team has. He has no answers to any problems, and it shows in his interviews. Uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, Trotz was the same way at the end, wasn't he? It's yep. the it's the players. Eventually, got to get rid of the players. Just can't change that's the the leader of the team. Trotz went through the same thing. The guys they're just so fat, dumb, and happy. And here's the thing: those contracts with no move clauses and no trade clauses perpetuate that yep there's no what's why would the islanders want to be better as an organization a player doesn't matter i'm still going to be here next year my family's happy here we like the schools you know everything's great we all live in the same neighborhood nothing's going to change i don't have to worry about getting traded i mean shit and here's the thing another thing is gm hey what are the teams that you want that who are on your no trade list. I was you, you're getting moved. 
we're moving you out or we're going to bury you in the minors, whatever. That, that's how you do it. You punish the players with their playing time. Make them want to leave the organization. It's what Jackson did. Yep. It's Lane, I think, is at a spot where he, just like just like Trotz, is like, I've tried everything. Nothing is working. Now, Lane, it took him less time to get there because he saw the same exact issues that Barry saw, and he's like, oh, well, maybe if I do this a little differently or that a little differently, this will spark a different reaction from the players. It worked for maybe about half a year, half a season, and it's like, holy shit, now I see exactly what Barry's talking about. Yeah. Well, he should he should have saw it firsthand, honestly. He was there. Sometimes you think you can do things better if you're the guy who's the voice. And maybe that's what Lane thought. Matthew C. said the Flyers will be tough. God, I hope not. Joseph C. said, Grump, do you often remind your brother how much you hate the Flyers? He doesn't need to remind it. He knows. JP Grump. You're right. Absolutely. I've been saying for some time that we need our ownership to get humble and hire the 2024 NHL equivalent of 1980 Frank Cashin for GM. He did a masterful seven-year rebuild with the Mets. He absolutely did. Frank Cashin was a great general manager for Baltimore Matthew and then for the Mets. Matthew C. says here they need the fire Lou chance. Yes. I agree with that wholeheartedly. He's the guy who should be receiving more hate and more criticism than Lane Lambert, in my opinion. Eve L. Grumpy. This year feels feel, this year feels eerily similar to the two trots last season. The team trots seems to season. have given up on Lane. Why? The team seems to be out of steam. Stupid penalties and mental breakdowns. And they're just not that good. They get exposed. They're an older team still. Got a couple of younger guys, but no difference makers. How many different, really, how many difference makers are on their whole team? You got Sorokin and Barzell. Those are, those are difference makers. Dobson, Maybe Dobson. Has Dobson has moments. Okay. That's that's it. That's it. We don't have any yeah, difference yeah. makers on this team. And he keeps on paying, you know, too many Chiefs, not enough Indians. All he does is pay the Indians. It's like, we don't need no Chiefs. Evel says here, is Malkin afraid to clean house this summer? Too much work for him. Well, that's that's the big question, right? We talked about this too. It's tough to fire a GM in season. Now, the one thing I will say about that, if you fire him in season, you don't have to worry about what sort of reckless move is Lou Lamarillo going to make at the trade deadline that's going to further set back the future change that needs to be made and the acceptance of where we actually are. That being said, there's not going to be a lot of permanent candidates available right now, right? You know, you're going to see a, a more robust group at the tail end of the season based off of how teams do, based off of guys who are assistant general managers under good teams. You're going to see more from them being available candidates later on this year. You just can't let the old man do any more damage to the organization. Just can't That's do it. And here's the thing. Malkin doesn't have to clean house. That's what the new GM does. And here's the thing. Any new general manager they bring in, anyone, is you know what they're going to say? Nope, we're blowing it up. We're going to transition away from this group, new direction. There's no one who's going to come in and say, you know what? We believe in this group. No one is going to come in and say that. That's why I'm praying for a new general manager. It means there'll be a change of direction for this team, which we definitely do. This team needs an enema. Flush it out. Move on. 
I'll clean, out, clean out the extra lumpy pieces of shit that are stuck in the colon of this organization, like Anders Lee and his ilk, Palmieri, all those guys. They're finished. The, the one thing I'll say here, too, because I saw an article by Stefan Rosner, and we love Stefan, but he said the Islander fans need to get it out of their head thinking about a rebuild, that that's possible. And to a certain degree, he's not wrong. Now, I disagree with some of the points in the article, but, you know, because he talks about Sorokin's so great, he's never going to allow you to actually bottom out. Again, look at the Florida Panthers, the many years they had Roberto Luongo, Hall of Fame goalie. They still found a way to bottom out. If you're a bad team, you find a way to bottom out. That simple. That also being said, the big long-term contracts that Lou Lamarillo gave make it extremely hard to do an immediate rebuild. This restructuring, it is going to be an organizational restructuring that is going to take years. It's not like one where you just go, you push the you push the little the the little uh, the little stick down grumpy and the dynamite blows up. This is going to be a many year rebuild. You know, you, know what else, you, know, you know what else Stefan should have said in that article? I own the fans. Don't think this team is ever making the playoffs. It's just not happening because we're not making playoffs. Not going to make playoffs. We're going to be we're on the downward spiral. I don't care who Even don't if care you who. make playoffs. What is that? That is the bare requirement that you make the postseason. Half the teams in this in this league make the postseason, Grumpy. So you know, making the postseason is bare minimum. That's just considered being an average team. Average. Matthew C. said, I'm interested in general manager candidates. Well, it's going to be tough to find GM candidates at this point of the season. You're going to have to really wait till the end to find a permanent solution. I'd love Bill Guerin to come to the Islanders. Oh, why the hell would he do that? I've just said I would like for him to come to the Islanders. I mean, he. let me tell you something. He already fixed the problem in Minnesota, and it took him there. Why the hell is he going to say, let me take on another problem here with the Islanders and, and not reap the benefits of all the work I put in for Minnesota? That's not going to happen. Maybe he'll get paid more than he uh, than he was in Minnesota. Good I mean, they're still – I mean, they're not great this year, but you don't want to know what? They have young core coming up. They still have those two monster deals that they're eating uh, in Suter and, uh, and Parise. Still eating those contracts. Imagine when they have like an extra $16, $17 million to spend. Well, I think it's more like seven or eight million, but not that much. It's but. not seven or eight million. It's absolutely okay. Not. I'll pull it up for you. Andrew L. Grumpy. Our power play is ninth in the league, if you can believe that one. Well, let's see what happens when we play good teams because we haven't played many good teams this year either. We played a lot of home games against a lot of bad teams. And like I said, the results have not been good. Yeah, not good. So uh, from both the uh, shit, um, from both of the buyouts there, um, from Parise and Suter, they're on here for a little bit long. Yeah, you're right. It's holy shit. It's seven point three million dollars a year this year and next year. Starting in 2025-26, it goes down to eight hundred thousand. Yeah, for each guy, right? Yes. Yeah. So it's like fifteen million dollars. Yeah, like 14 and change. Holy shit. Yeah. I mean, he's how many wow. years they've been doing that now? A few. They've got two years left, this year and next year. I mean, shit. If I'm Bulgarian, I've done all the work. I'm not going to leave yeah. yet. Why couldn't we do that with Anders Lee and you know, whoever? 
it would be a lot shorter amount of time and less money. Andrews Lee's got to go. I mean, he, all right, is he the be-all, end-all, the problems? No. But at some point in time, I mean, but we knew that as soon as that contract was signed, just like the Engvall and uh, Mayfield contracts are going to be bad too. Varlamov, bad. 35, 35-year-old goaltender to a four, a backup to a four-year extension with a no-trade clause. What's wrong with you? You're wondering why we can't do that because our team opposition is a lot different than theirs. They've got young guys like Marco Rossi. They've got young guys like Kirill Kaprizov. They've got young guys like Matt Boldy that are legitimate contributors. We don't have anybody. Hey, is Matthew Maggio coming up, guys? Matthew Maggio, how about William DeFore? Nope. We don't have any young talent. Not at the same level as other teams. Anyway, uh, Mark R. Grumpy. The damn D or and lack thereof is who we're losing game. Why we're losing games? Putrid PK. Sad. It's true. It's true. We're now, just, go ahead. Andy asked this question, and I think I want to ask it to you too, Grumpy. He asked Stefan, and and I'll give you his answer. But he asked, "What are the Islanders doing well right now?" And Stefan said, "Well, we get out to early leads. That's what we're doing well right now." But if, if you if I asked you, Grumpy, what are the Islanders doing well right now? What would you say and consider that we're doing well right now? Disguising empty uh, fans as empty seats in the arena. I can't think of anything. I don't, I just don't. I just don't think we're a very good team. I just don't. I I I, I don't know what we're doing well. We're a we're a middling to we're an average to below average team. That's what we are. We're just stuck on the treadwheel to mediocrity. I say it all the time, right? Yeah. Is there anything that stands out? No, not really. Matthew said, guys, you point the finger at Pajot, Lee, Ajo, Mayfield, and Romanoff. Good point at the whole team, honestly. With and the exception, Noah Dobson's been good. I mean. Matt Barzal's been good. I think Matt Barzal's been good, too. It's just, they're just, it's a bad mix. Everything's a bad mix. I mean, Bo Horvat, okay, you could play with Bo Horvat, but you had to have some other speedster on the other side who can skate with Matt Barzell. I just, I mean, it's just, it's just everything's a bad mix. The second line hasn't been that good. Sorry. Kim Marlowe said, have to get on a winning streak here. Tim J says here, all those teams with shots against have one thing that we do not have, youth with talent. True. True. Yep. We don't have any. No. Cameron F says, let's go Islanders. Let's go Cameron. Hold on. Cameron has got the Mets, Los Angeles Lakers, the Giants, and the Rangers. I don't know if Cameron's coming on here to joke us right now, Grumpy, but maybe he's an Islander fan too. Maybe he just ran out of space. Was that? Maybe he just ran out of space. Maybe just like it is. And he's a, he's a Ranger and Islander fan. It'd be tough to do, but maybe there are those out there. Nick C said here, I think it's time to buy out Lee. He's been worse than Bailey. If we're gonna if we're gonna do a rebuild, I don't want Lee to be the captain. I want Barzy to drive any youth uh, they get through the rebuild. I agree. Need a new GM, though. Need a new yep. GM. All sorts of GM. Freedom Fun Adventure, Grumpy. Grumpy's back in fighting shape. Happy you're back. Thank you. I skipped the Phil's show. I know they called you the curve, Grumpy. 
but they should also call you the show because you are the show. Ooh, thank you very much. I Look like at that. that. Freedom from adventure. He just forgot to say that X serves such an important part too. Sun X is magnificent. You should have been kissing his butt there too, Freedom from adventure. But uh, he got up there. He all he had to do was kiss Grumpy's butt. Uh, <laughs> all kidding aside there, Freedom Fun. Um, Eve L says here, sit Lee for a few games. Be nice. No problem with that. Adam P. Grumpy, you got the comments, buddy. Hey, gang. Nice to see you guys. Happy Turkey Day. Grumpy for general manager, says Bed and Blanket. Matthew Carbone says, do the owners care enough or even know what's going on? I don't know if they care. You have to know what's going on, but do they care? I don't know. Uh, Drew also adds, also, glad to see you're doing better, Grumpy. Thank you very much, Drew. All righty. Bet him like in here, Grumpy. Trade Wallstrom and Ajo for whatever you can get at the trade deadline. Only two players with some value. That's not true. Noah Dobson has value. Absolutely has value. Uh, Matthew West says, fans pay your salary that either go to games or watch on TV. Uh, that must be in direct response to uh, the comment from Casey Zizekas. Yep. Absolutely. J.P. Grum. It's almost as if the Islanders' ownership needs to be told to pull a George Costanza and do everything the opposite way when considering hockey ops. I agree. Tony Pino. Hey. We have, look at that little baby there. I was going to comment after the – I was going to mention it after the comment. Hey, we have a three-game three game point streak. Let's go, Islanders. Look at that. That's a newborn baby right there. Hopefully they'll see uh, an Islander Stanley Cup before they graduate high school. I also come to the realization I will never see another Islander Stanley Cup. No shot. Yeah. State of Survival says Anders needs a new role. He can't be that 30-goal scorer anymore. He was only a 30-goal scorer once in his whole career. Once. Other than that, 28 is his high. He's never been a 30-goal scorer. Once he scored 41 with Tavares. And other than that, he's just been 28-goal scorer wildly overpaid for what he brings to the team. Always has been. Yep. Shifakona says, I think Lou deserves more criticism, especially for firing Barry. I don't think Barry wanted to be here either. I think Barry wanted to move on. Uh, he wanted to be a GM. He said as much. He had a lot of head coaching offers that first year out, and he sat out for a year, collected that paycheck from the Islanders, then went to Nashville as GM. So it's a smart move. I think it's a mixture of both. They were probably telling him, hey, I want you to do things X, Y, and Z. And Barry's just like, kick rocks. I'm doing it this way. This is how I want to do it if I'm still here. And they said, see you later. Lou probably didn't have complete control over him. He probably had feelers out in the water knowing that there were potential GM vacancies that maybe he could be a candidate for as well a year could, down the road. It could be that they just kind of stopped listening to. That too. It's entire, entirely possible. Um, JP Grump. You have to laugh when you're a New York Islander fan. It's the only way you can survive it. State of Survival says, um, line A might be on the market. Any interest? No. Another guy who makes a lot of money. I think he's an RFA at the end of this year. Um, he makes a lot of money. I, a few years ago, I always said bring in Patrick Line but it's not working right now in Columbus for him. Could you imagine I mean, what we'd have to give up to get Patrick Line? I don't know, but... Oh. I'm, like I said, he I I don't know if he's an RFA or a UFA, but I mean, he's you know I remember he was fantastic when he was in Winnipeg, 
and he's not been the same guy since he's been uh, since he's been there. All righty, Grumpy, I guess, must be getting a call there from Lou Lamarillo, I guess. Um, you know, speaking of that, he is going to be an unrestricted free agent once that contract expires. He's got, th- or he's not an unrestricted free agent even if he was released now, but he's got a modified no trade clause, a 10 team modified no trade clause. Contract expires 2025, 2026. Um, but any interest in line A, I would say no. I, I wouldn't have any interest in that. He would cost a pretty penny for us to go ahead and acquire. Not, not, I'm not down for that. Uh, Drew L uh, says here, I don't mind having Holscher on the first line because Lane is just putting up the tank lineup. I don't think he's putting in a tank lineup. I just think they're spreading the suck around. Matthew C. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. When you have time, use it. LOL. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Our boy, our boy, Lou Lamarillo says that. When you have time, use it. State of survival, Grump. Lou is really trying to turn this team into the Devils 2.0. Sorokin equals Bredore, and Dobson equals Stevens. He had to get Romanoff to handle the other part. Horvat equals Elias. I'm seeing no Niedemeyer there. There's, you know, could you, I mean, like you look at that Devils team, fantastic team. We're so far off of that. Michael Bechet, Grumpy. Hello, gentlemen. When will God answer me? When will Lou disappear? Not soon enough. <sighs> disappear from the coach or the GM of the team? Unfortunately, only when ownership agrees. Freedom Fun Adventure says, Grumpy and TJ and everybody here, happy and blessed, happy birthday or birthday to you and your entire family, even Sun X. Same to everyone. Absolutely. Um, Stephen V. Grump. Back after a long time absence. This team has become an absolute joke to the hockey world and an embarrassment to their fan base. Not yet. We're closing in on it, but we're not there yet. I second grump for GM, says Stephen V. I like it. Uh, Brian B. says here, hope you're feeling better, Grumpy. Thank you. Feeling a little bit better, yes. Michael Boucher said, "Uh, sorry, didn't even know Grumps wasn't feeling good. Glad you're feeling better. And he said here, um, and find a place to get rid of Lee. Wally's contract needs to play more. uh, Wally Wally needs to play more. And okay. not get traded. Bed and blanket grump. You guys think that uh, Malcolm and Ledecky actually care about the organization? They have the new store coming and have concerts there all the time. I just think that ownership. I just don't think that ownership cares. Now that's entirely possible. I don't think they want to lose money, but I think that it's important to them to do a little bit better than they've been doing so far. State of survival grump. When do you predict the team will sign Parise? Why would they sign Parise? Why would you do Rumor that? Rumor is he's not fully retired. And like, here's the thing: I don't see how Parise would say, "Yeah, that Islander team—that's worth half of the year and trying to go balls to the walls and get my body beat up for a team that's not going to win a cup." Unless he needs the money. Um, Tony Pino, Grump. You said we're not making the playoffs last year. Did I? I yeah. thought. I thought. I thought. Yeah, I thought we were 50-50 is what I thought. I th- I thought the beginning of the season, we are probably, if you put a gun to my head, it'd say 55% chance yes, 45% no. As of right now, it's probably leaning more the opposite. 45% yes, 55% no for me at the moment. I thought we had a legit shot to make the playoffs last year. This year, I don't. I just don't. I mean. I'm like it, Grumpy. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that attendance of games is going to make them do their job. Yeah. Well. Well, I mean, you know, as long as the tickets are being bought, 
I think maybe that's all they care about. Dan and the kids says, if you look at the Islanders cap roster by 2026, 27, it is a decent core. Barzell, Horvat, Pellick. Pellick will be done by then. Pulak will be done by then. So is Horvat. Um, but we need to wisely sell every other asset right now for draft capital and prospects. For anyone with bad contracts, we just keep them on the roster. Don't trade assets to remove their contract or take up future cap space with a buyout. Just let them sit. I know that's that, that's probably the best way to do it. But man, oh man, you're in for some bad times. Think about this. Matt Barzal, by the time period of 2026-27, Matt Barzal is going to be 29 years old. Bor Horvat's going to be in his 30s. Pelic, 30s. Pulak, 30s. Sorokin, 30s. It's like, now here's the thing. You can win with players in their 30s. Not your best players. <laughs> you know, uh, we'd have to have a lot of production from young players as well, which we currently don't have any. So, you know, let's see. Say to survival, Grumpy. Bring back Snow. I'd like to see what he could do with, with the money. Yeah, I mean, Gar Snow, he'll never, just like anyone who, once you GM the Islanders, you never work again. Neil Smith never got another job. Milbury not, never got another job. Snow never got another job. Lamarillo's never getting another job. So we're GMs, and they get the you know ten years at a shot and never produce anything. No, no, no repercussions. Sorry, CJ. CJ the Red Lupin Power Ranger says here our defense is not the problem. It's the coach and the assistant coaches. Fire Lane, and I bet our defense would reach their full potential as before with Barry Trotz. I just think that's really wishful thinking. So do I. Could it? Maybe. Is it likely? I'm not sure. The problem is Pulak and Pellick are nowhere near the players they were three years ago. Correct. Not even close. And you can't say that uh, Dobson's strength is playing defense. Mayfield is taking steps back. He's another step slower. And then you got Aho and Bullduke. Aho is what Romanoff. he is. And Romanoff. Yeah, Romanoff. Shit. <laughs> no. Romanov could never – Barry Trotz would have benched him. He never would have played under Barry Trotz because he just can't play positionally sound. Just can't do it. Not who he is. Absolutely grumpy. Freedom Fun Adventure Grump. Lou doesn't deserve his job. Thanks for your service. They changed coaches already. If they do it again, results won't change for long. You must get rid of guys who are here too long and too comfy. Absolutely. Got to break up the country club. Freedom Fun Adventure Grump. Grumpy, at what age did you set the goal to become the grumpy old man? Was there a grumpy old man you admired? Uh, no. Um, and I just did it when we started this show oh so many years ago. I said, yeah, I don't want to. I just want to give myself a name. And TJ thought it was a terrible idea. I did. That was one thing that Grumpy was definitely right on. He's like, I want to be called the grumpy old man. I said, what a dumb name. Why? And, and, and it lives on. Grumpy made the right decision, and I did not. It is every, what it is. Every decision I make is the right one. Drew has a little bit more of a drastic response as to what we should do to Lou Lamarillo. Send Lou to Guantanamo Bay. I heard that's really nice this time of year, Grumpy. Yeah. John S. Grumpy says Gerard Gallant with a few question marks. I just don't think it may no, I don't think any coach makes a big enough difference with this team. He would Does be a really bad roster? fit here. He he's a player's coach, and this team is always already so unbelievably entitled to what they think they deserve. A player's coach is just gonna further feed that ferocious appetite for their control. 
No, I don't think a player's coach does it. You're going to need somebody who's going to be an absolute asshole. Drew L. Grumpy. It's the players. It's the players. You got to crack the whip on the, the fat cats on this team. Grumpy, I just wanted to say, get off the phone and turn the TV off. That's right. That's right. That's right, Drew. Get off the phone, Grumpy. Turn the TV off. Stephen V. He said, fun fact, the last time the Islanders won the Stanley Cup was the same year a new invention called the compact disc player came out. It failed to gain market share versus cassette players for about 10 years. Think about that. The last time the Islanders won a Stanley Cup, if you wanted to listen to music, you had the compact CD player, the disc player, Grump. Yeah, but uh, cassette players were the thing back then. Think about that, though. People walk around with headphones that are wireless now and all the music believable right here on a phone. It's how long it's been. Been mm -hmm. a long time. H.P. Carlos says, salute, TJ and Grumpy. Salute to the Islanders Nation and shout out from Portugal. Undefeated in your, undefeated in your old qualifying. There it is. There it is. John A. says, happy Thanksgiving to you all. Glad to see Grumpy back. What I'm thankful for, I'm so thankful for the media hit piece on that rotten son of a bitch, Lou Lamarillo. It's about time. That's right, John. I, I don't know who this uh, Shayna Goldman is, but she is my favorite. She's my favorite. Uh, I, or She's my favorite NHL analyst, I guess you could say, or NHL journalist. That's for certain after that hit piece. My little brownie, Grump. She'll be attending the Islanders-Panthers game. I'm hoping they'll clean up the penalties by then. Um, I hope you have a good time. <laughs> uh, did you show Grumpy the articles that I sent you through DMs? Oh, Grumpy, we actually broke down the article there from The Athletic. That was one of the articles I know you'd sent me. We, we showed that. We definitely broke that down earlier, too. Freedom Fund Adventure says here, what, what could the Islanders do if they bought out Lee, let Cal, Martin, and Palmieri walk and move out from Sezikis and or Pajot, quite a bit of money freed up. The uh, some, not that much. You're talking about, remember, the Islanders only have like $5 million in cap space next year. That's it. You're going to want to have to sign back Noah Dobson and Romanoff. They're going to earn more than what they're earning currently on their RFA contracts. So, Palmieri makes five, Pajot makes five. The Lee buyout gives you three and a half. Um, uh, so I don't think Paul Mary walk. That's not talking till the end of next year. Oh no, no, Paul Mary. I'm sorry, Clutterbuck and Martin are gone after this year. But unless you try to move on some way from Paul Mary, I mean Paul Mary's next year, and Pajot's got a number of years left. Why not try to trade Pajot? I mean, that's what I, I try to trade him. I think he, he would still have value for a, a true contender in the NHL playing on third line. Three years left on the, on the Jean-Gabriel Pajot contract, two years left for Kyle Palmieri. Here's That's the thing. Okay. We don't have anybody we can fill with a cheap and affordable backup option because every single player that we could have drafted that maybe could be growing into something, we've been trading them away for retreads and guys like that. It's going to be a steep rebuild. It's going to take some time. Just be prepared. Ben Blanket said, would you guys like Tortorella to take over? Would have liked Tortorella. Absolutely, I would have liked that. You know what? He wouldn't come out in press conferences and just coddle the players. He would have ripped the shit out of them, right to the media. Here's the thing. Would it have worked? I'll tell you what. It made maybe made some of the Islanders cry and go home, and that means it would have worked, yes. We, could you? The reason I say no, could you imagine how bad of a locker room environment that would have been with Tortorella and the fat cats we have on this team? Who cares? 
Who cares? They need to be broken up. Lou would not be happy about the volatility well, and Lou, the craziness. Lou, Lou never would have hired him. That's what I'm saying. It just it wouldn't have been a good mix. Could it have been cool to see? Absolutely. And it would have gotten the end result we were looking for. Chaos and destruction to rebuild anew. We've got to tear this thing down with the studs and rebuild. That's it. But guys, we are here at the end of the show here today. Um, first off, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Tomorrow, enjoy. Have a good time with family and friends. Enjoy time with loved ones. Grumpy, what do you want to say before we wrap things up here? First of all, I want to reiterate what TJ just said. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Uh, also, love and laughter to everyone who listens and even those who don't. From TJ and the grumpy old man. Absolutely. Thank you so, so much, everybody, for tuning in, listening to the show. Um, Islanders playing the Philadelphia Flyers tonight. This is going to make or break Grumpy's Thanksgiving, apparently. So for your sake, Grumpy, I'm hoping the Islanders definitely win so you don't have a miserable Thanksgiving. Just a few more comments here. Swampbox29 says here, for all the fans looking for Malkin, uh, Malkin to be cooking, cooking me for Thanksgiving. After tonight, I say, nope, 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 nope. Well, you, can't get it, you can't get it right. You just don't know how to do it. You should have done it, Damon. That's why I took a pause for you to do that. You started reading the comment. I let you read the comment. Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> What can I say? You do a better biggie buzzer than me, Grumpy. We'll add it to the list, okay? Thanks so much, guys, for watching. We'll be live with you guys this Saturday, hopefully with Greg Prado on the show. Um, I got to reach out to Greg. Hopefully, hopefully he'll be available this Saturday. Talk some Islanders. Talk some rock and roll on Saturday. Who knows? But thank you so much, Grumpy. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. And uh, Grump, did you already say your pleasure? Did you already give your sign off? Okay. Thanks, Thanks for paying attention. Yeah, that's me. Um, thank you so much, guys. We'll be with you guys live on Saturday. Enjoy your Thanksgiving and thank you, Grumpy. My pleasure.